Welcome to the Victorian Parent Council VPC Parent Podcast Series. VPC is a registered charity organisation dedicated to everyone who support parents in educating their children. I'm Jackie Vanderveld, your host today. And I'm welcoming back Amanda Lacorte, academic life coach and organising expert. Welcome back, Amanda. Thanks, Jackie, for having me again. Amanda, study skills. It's one of those, it's almost a bit nebulous, really. But can you give us some concrete um, framework about what they are, what the right tools and techniques and strategies are um, that parents can uh, help their students, help their students and the young people with? I think one of the one of the key things when it comes to helping helping like for parents helping their students, I think uh, there's a few points that I guess I'll just quickly run through. It's encouraging them to have a good homework routine uh, in particular. So trying to regularly, I guess, do their do their work that they need to do um, at a similar time where they can. Now, naturally, some kids have other activities after school and so forth, so it's not always possible. But one of the, the key, uh, key aspects around uh, homework, that the time that's the most wasted time of a student's day is generally between 3 and 6 o'clock. And what happens is, you know, they come home from school, they're obviously hungry, they often eat, you know, food because, you know, they've got to satisfy that. Then next thing you know, with devices or whatever it might be, they're distracted and hours go by. Next thing you know, it's tea time and they haven't done any work. And this is, this is one of the, the key challenges most families face. And what I often say to students, it's about trying to utilise that time better at that point in the, in the day and, and having a bit of a plan, like flipping it around. So rather than then after dinner having to sit down and start to do your schoolwork and often then you might even run out of time because you've left it too late, is using that time better after school. So coming home, having a snack, maybe having a break for 10, 15 minutes and then getting stuck into your work, getting it done, using your time wisely, focus. Then by the time dinner time, for most students, unless it's probably senior students, your work's done. And then you've got the rest of the evening to yourself. So it's, it's about helping them, you know, through that, through that process. But very much it's you want your child to develop the independence to do this themselves. So you don't want to, you know, as a parent, you, you can supervise, but you don't want to try and micromanage them because they are, they're not interested. And it's one of those things that the more a parent tries to micromanage and, and, and help in this process, the child's going to buck often buck that and and just want to do their own thing anyway or completely refuse and just don't do it anyway. So it's about supporting them and encouraging them rather than, uh, you know, enforcing it, if you like. Uh, it's also really important about uh, for students to, to be able to break down tasks. So often that's half, the, half of the battle as well is because they have so many different things to do. As it, So you've got your homework, which is, the work that perhaps you haven't finished in class today that you've got to finish off tonight and hand in tomorrow, often, often maths or you might have to finish a writing piece or, or what have you. So that's what I consider, I guess, to be homework. Uh, a lot of parents then say to me, oh, my child should be studying and revising. Now, again, most children know they should be doing potentially something because they keep getting told by their parents or their, their teachers. But again, if they don't know how to do it, they're not going to do it because they've got no concept of what they should be doing. So 
that's a, a big thing around we need to teach our, our students that in particular. And I think, I think that has to go back to a certain degree back to the teachers. And I think some teachers are very good at incorporating it as, as part of their, their lessons and, and educating students on how to do it. Whereas others, uh, you know, probably it would be great if we, they can incorporate it in. So one of the things that a lot of students do is often just read their notes. And they think that's what studying is and reading notes. And so when a student is reading their notes, it's familiar. And they think they know it because they're reading it and it's right in front of them. But of course, then when they get into a test or an exam situation, often it's not there. They can't recall the information that they need to recall. And that's primarily because it hasn't actually made its way into their long-term memory. So that is the challenge that, that students have when it comes to, to study and revision. They need to be doing more than just reading and they need to be active with the information. One of the other challenges that I'm often seeing out there at the moment is a lot of schools are moving electronic. So a lot of schools are providing worksheets, um, PowerPoint presentations and so forth to students online. So they're not necessarily taking down as many notes, I guess, as you know, traditionally a student would have done. And often what I'm finding is that students are just relying on that material, which is the teacher's material, not their material or putting it into their own words. So that's not assisting with their learning because it's not then going into their long-term knowledge either. So they get this illusion of knowing and thinking that that's what's going to happen and they're going to just be able to do really well on, on tests or exams and it doesn't happen. That's really interesting because I, you read, I'm reading a lot about the, the neuroscience behind that hand-brain connection. Uh, and uh, so there's some real, you know, some real truth to that. And what you're saying feeds into that as well. Mm, definitely. They just need to do more than just read their notes. Amanda, are you seeing uh, a, a, a differences and challenges where, where students are in laptop environments in schools and typing all of their notes, but they have to actually sit for tests and exams that are handwritten. Yeah, look, that's another challenge in itself. I mean, some of my students, uh, you know, who are have got learning challenges, it is much easier for them to type their notes. So that's, that's sort of a, a little bit of a different situation. Again, it depends. I think there's still a place for it, uh, for both written and, and typing. Uh, again, it's about being active with the information. So as long as... I guess if they're typing it and they're typing it in their own words and their own understanding, then they're more likely to, to make sure that they learn and they know it. Whereas if they're just typing what the teachers put up on the board or copying information, which I guess is the same as writing, to be honest, it, it, you know, it, it's not a lot of difference, but it's, it's a matter of yeah, what you do with that, that information. I do say to a lot of senior students, particularly when they're summarising their notes, it can be useful to type them because then they can rearrange and, and that's where typing is a great thing. They can actually rearrange their information to, so that points are you know, kept together and that relate and so forth. Whereas when you're writing, obviously, and I'm, I'm notorious for this when I'm often writing down, I've got arrows going up here and arrows going down there and linking information. Whereas with typing, at least you can, you know, that's move right. that around quite easily. So 
I think, again, going back to, you know, I guess an, an earlier discussion that we had about, you know, diaries and, and bits and pieces, it's finding the right tools, again, that they're going to work with a particular student and, and again, how they're actually going to be tested ultimately, which, as you said, is written. So it's important that they still are writing and not completely typing all the time. Amanda, the difference between homework and then study and revision, because I think that, you know, parents think have one view, students have another view, and teachers have a different a different uh, concept of this. So what's a, what's a good uh, starting point for some common understanding? Yeah, I think, you, I think you're actually, you know, you've hit the nail on the head there. And I think everyone, you know, comes at it from a, a different different point of view. And I think... Again, it depends on the school. It depends on the way that students are tested. You know, some schools, you know, start exams from year seven. So those students probably are going to have to learn a little bit more about doing study and revision a little bit more in depth a lot earlier than, say, other schools where students don't really start exams from till year nine or year 10. Now, I often say an exam is really just a, a longer form of a test. And because a lot of students get, I guess, concerned or worried about, oh, no, I've got exams. So it, it really should be the same way that they approach, they approach a test. And again, as I, as I pointed out earlier, it's a matter of making sure that they know that information and that information is in their long-term memory. So when it comes to studying, it's very much along the lines of being active with the information and making sure you know the, you know, you know that work. And there's a variety of different tools that students obviously can use. And again, it's finding the right, the right method. But you can't go past answering lots of questions and just practicing. Now, maths obviously is one of the easiest ones really to study to study for and to do work because it's logical that you've got to do, you know, easy, medium, and hard questions. Doing a mixture of all of them. And that's the best way. You, you get an answer or you don't. So that, that is much easier to study and, and revise for something like that than, say, English. So it's, it's a matter of, again, I think for students and, and for parents as well, is talking to even teachers about what they advise is a good way to prepare for a test and, and hopefully teachers and they generally are sharing that information with the students now whether that's going home and the parents are actually hearing that that's another not another story but again I think the other thing is parents again have to let children learn and, and make mistakes so again if you don't very do very well if your child doesn't do very well on a, a test in year seven that you know that they've just done it's not the end of the world and it's about, well, what, what went well, what didn't do well, and, and how could they improve next time and what could they do differently? And that's where the learning is. And, and again, if the child um, didn't put in the effort or didn't do the work, well, that, that's going to be reflected generally in the result. So it's a matter of just, you know, and that's what I say to kids, you know, I've just conducted a whole lot of ex end-of-year exam reviews at the moment. With students and that's what we're focused on what worked what didn't and what can you change for next time so that you don't make those same judgments or errors or whatever it might be Amanda you're seeing um and there's obviously a lot of discussion around no homework particularly in in uh, primary schools and I and I and I don't know how widespread this actually <laughs> this 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 wave is of, of not having any homework particularly in primary school 
are you seeing that there's a difference? Uh, is it a? Is it happening in in secondary schools? Are you seeing that starting to happen? And and um and what happens then in terms of uh, that study and revision is, uh, is some guidance around that um, or are you seeing students coming through from primary into secondary where perhaps they haven't had some grounding in the the discipline of, of, of this home home study or, or homework and then they go into secondary school and it's all a bit oh how do I cope mm. I think there is, there's a, there's a mixture of, of different things. And I think often you hear of students that go from a primary school that perhaps doesn't have a lot of homework to perhaps a private school that, that does uh, at secondary school level. And that's often a massive challenge for, for students because transition to secondary school is a massive thing in itself anyway. And that's another key area that I, you know, I focus and, and work with students and parents on. That's actually how I started my business you know, five, five odd years ago in relation to that. But there's so much that they've got to learn and let alone, you know, again, studying and revising and knowing what to do um, about that. So I think that that definitely is, is, a, is a challenge. Again, some schools, you know, in those junior years, they don't necessarily have a lot of homework. I remember my son starting at, at the local uh, secondary school and I'd say to him, but haven't you got homework? And he'd say, no. And I'd say, well, why not? Anyway, it turned out that often he would do it in class. So he would, the lesson would finish, you know, five or ten minutes earlier and he would sit there and do the homework he had to do. So that's why he did, wasn't bringing any homework. Now, that's quite smart when you really think about it because it's like, well, why not get it done in that five or ten minutes that you've got rather than sitting there chatting to your mate and wasting time because then you don't have to do it when you get home. So, again, it just depends on the, on the, on the child. But I think... I think for parents, it's again just encouraging children to stay on top of stay on top of their their work that they have. And I think often often a child will put that work off till the last possible moment. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of. That it's like, oh, I don't have to do it today. We'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes, and then it's like something else has piled up, and they've got to now do that as well. And that's where then it becomes stressful and overwhelming. And when they've got all these tasks to do at the same time, whereas had they started and done that one task and got it out of the way, then it doesn't become as overwhelming as it, as it potentially can be. And that's what parents are obviously seeing that big meltdown often because students can't cope when that happens. But again, it goes links back to not using anything to help them manage their time. They, you know, they're not seeing when they've got homework due and, and you know, that all these things are mounting up and, you know, there's a variety of things that they need to have tools and, and strategies in place for. Amanda, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you to our guest speaker. We hope you enjoyed today's topic. Want to know more about this podcast and other VPC podcasts? Please visit the VPC website, vicparentscouncil.vic.edu.au and leave a review. We would also welcome you to contact us if you would like to be our guest or if you have a topic around parenting and education. Thank you to Melbourne singer Emma Sidney for her permission to use her soundtrack, Cherish. Until next time, thank you for listening.